0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, fries aren't an optional side in Pittsburgh. They're a topping for sandwiches, salads, you name it. Sarah Gray dug into this regional trend in an article for Serious Eats, and we're bringing back her conversation with CityCast's Morgan Moody. It's Thursday, June 22nd. I'm Mallory Falk, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about.
1: considered to be the Pittsburgh sandwich or salad?
2: So the thing that really characterizes the image of Pittsburgh food, especially outside the city, is French fries. Mm
1: -hmm. For
2: sure. We put sandwiches, we put fries on our sandwiches. We put fries on our salads. We also have been known to bury those salads in meat and
1: cheese. Not a green on the plate. (laughs) (laughs) We stretch the definition of salad a little bit.
2: But for sure, um, very hearty, and uh, some sort of fried potato is always part of it.
1: When I was younger, like I never thought anything of of you know fries on a salad, on a sandwich. I felt like it was you know on a salad. It's like croutons. Like it's you right. know probably pretty much at every place you know you go, you <laughs> could get it. When did you realize people in other places, in other cities, uh, you know across the country, weren't eating like this?
2: Oh, it was when I was about 21 years old and I moved to New York City. It was a real culture shock. Um, Looking for that on a menu and not finding it anywhere, mentioning it to people and having them look at me like I was from Mars. And at the same time, also um, trying to lose a little bit of my Pittsburgh accent because people didn't always understand me. We did document services with Iron Mountain. (laughs) And I I defy you to say that without a Pittsburgh accent
1: (laughs) It takes so much concentration for me to say iron. You know, it's just, yes. Iron yeah. Mountain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it, that was my first time living outside the Pittsburgh area. So, culture shock in many ways, but yeah. for sure, lots of those Pittsburgh favorites I hadn't realized were Pittsburgh favorites until then.
1: I think I remember going to restaurants and asking them for fries on a salad and them looking mm-hmm. at me, and I just had to be like, can you just give me a plate of fries? And I'll just do it myself. Self
2: assembly. I like it.
1: Is the history of these two things like related in any way? Fries on the salad, fries on a sandwich. Um, I don't know. It feels like a bit serendipitous to have like two Pittsburgh classics involve, you know, putting fries on already complete meals. (laughs) It really does.
2: I, you know, I think that the common denominator there is um, just the, the history of the city as an industrial city where people are really hardworking. You know, I think people, sometimes people who are newer or younger. We have this beautiful, fairly green post-industrial city, and it's easy to forget that it was all steel mills and factories for a really long time. Right. That was very much in the decline by the time I was born in 1980, but it's still very much part of the city's identity, of course. And this was working people's food. I mean, the the sandwich, at least the story that Primantes tells, is that uh, railroad workers Would arrive in the strip district. Everybody's coming in in the middle of the night because railroad hours. And so there were sandwich shops open selling something that was really hearty that they could eat with one hand and take with them. And I think there's also the aspect of immigration. You know, people don't necessarily think of Pittsburgh now as an immigrant city, even though it very much is. Yeah. Right. But it had successive waves of immigration throughout the last couple of centuries. And the ones that happened at the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th involved lots of people whose starch of choice was the potato.
1: We had Polish people coming in, yeah. Exactly. We had a lot of Irish, um, yeah.
2: Precisely Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you know, so you've got your rice cultures and your corn cultures and your potato cultures and so forth. And there was a there's definitely a potato wave there. So I, I could see it sort of being a way for people to feel a little more full.
1: I do wonder like how many um, during that time, like how many calories and, and things like that uh, people were burning working in um, steel mills and, and in the industry.
2: Oh, it must have been tremendous. I yeah. mean, you were the, the physical labor that just the heat itself, you would sweat so much. It was a really demanding job, even if you didn't have, you know, even if you weren't directly pouring steel or something, um, pretty much any job you had in the mill was going to be incredibly physically demanding.
3: Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art
1: Is there a restaurant that, um, or is there a person or uh, that is credited with starting the fries on?
2: There are there are a couple, actually, and nobody really knows for sure.
1: Yeah. So there's a place called Jerry's Curb
2: Service, which is on the Beaver River where, where it meets the Ohio, and so they claim credit for it, right? So there was a woman named Donna Reed, not the famous Donna Reed, but she was the wife of the owner. She was working there, and Their story is that she uh, served a customer a steak sandwich, hold the bun,
1: add fries and salad dressing. So she watched him
2: eat it and mixed it all up and put the dressing on top.
1: And I bet that dressing was ranch. Oh, I'm sure it had to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And she, uh, she decided to try it on top of lettuce is the story. Now, mind you, there is another restaurant about a mile away that also claims credit for the salad. Mm-hmm. So nobody really knows for sure. It's it's one of those things that you can't really ever verify, but it's a great story. And I think in a food culture here in Pittsburgh, the stories are almost as important as the food itself.
1: Yeah. What do, you, what do you think it says about us as a city that, you know, the industry isn't necessarily here anymore? You know, we don't have a, a, a ton of steel mills and things like that, but... We have kept those culinary traditions, you know, and celebrated them.
2: We have. And it's it's really wonderful, I think, to see people celebrating these sorts of things. One that's gotten a lot of media attention in recent years is the cookie table at weddings. Yes. Which, one of my personal favorites.
1: My favorites. A <laughs> Pittsburgh staple. I still have cookies in my freezer from a wedding a year ago. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yes.
2: Was it in a fire hall? I mean... Pittsburgh experience, <laughs> yeah, right. As they all, yes, exactly. They all are, yeah, right. I think that's really special, and I love that even though that part of our history feels much more distant now. You know, it's something that is is really remembered by older Pittsburghers and passed down rather than directly experienced for the most part. But at the same time, we still have all that infrastructure around, even if we're turning those mills into studios. You know, I'm from Springdale, and uh, the the coal-fired power plant there was just shut down a couple of months ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um so I think we're, you know, we're making a lot of progress on pollution. Maybe people outside the city still think of us as hell with the lid off, but right. it's really very much not like that anymore, right? And I think that that kind of gives us a shared history that's it's multi-ethnic, it's multinational everybody's a part of it. You don't have to be from one group or another. You can just be a Pittsburgher and have this heritage that you can call yours and draw from.
1: Where have you found the best Pittsburgh sandwich and salad in the city?
2: Honestly, the place where I order the salad the most is probably Eaton Park. I don't know that that's necessarily the best in the city. but It is. No, that's that's the right answer, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I did when I was researching that story. I actually uh, drive out to Jerry's Curb Service and tried theirs. And I have to say, it's really, really good. It's worth it.
1: As I was reading the article, I was waiting for uh, an Eaton Park name drop. I was thinking like, Eaton Park <laughs> must be accredited. <laughs> Somewhere.
2: Speaking of places that used to be open 24 hours.
1: I know that no longer, you're right. We're, and then we lost the the one in Squirrel Hill. Sad. Oh,
2: I I went to, to Chatham. So uh, that was basically our second dining hall.
1: The Late Nights. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a wonderful
2: place. And um, I personally, as as far as fries go, um, along with a burger, I would recommend Tesaro's in Bloomfield. hmm Really fantastic burgers.
1: Fantastic burgers and fantastic home fries on the side. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can taste the wood smoke. It's so good.
1: Sarah Gray is a development editor for O'Reilly Media. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's been a pleasure. A little news before you go. Pittsburgh was named one of the best places in the nation for residents without a car. We're a little skeptical about this honor, but according to a market study from the website Coworking Cafe, the Steel City fared pretty well for access to public transit, the number of bike lanes, average fare prices, and more. Pittsburgh ranked especially high for Coworking Space Density, but pretty low for the use of cabs and motorcycles. That might have something to do with the potholes, just saying. Overall, we came in 10th, Philly ranked 6th. A little update on county salaries. You may remember County Executive Rich Fitzgerald vetoed a plan to raise the wages of full-time, part-time, and seasonal workers, but county council overruled him. Starting next year, folks will receive a minimum wage of $18 an hour, and that'll increase even more through 2026. And it's National Gun Violence Awareness Month. Some great local organizations will honor recent victims here in Allegheny County, as well as those who died in the synagogue shooting in 2018. It's all happening at a vigil at 6.30 tonight at the Grayson Community Center in the Lower Hill. Participants are encouraged to wear orange in solidarity with survivors. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, you should tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.
1: I was like, I was like, that's it. I was like, they're getting closer. It feels like zombies creeping in.